it is Club Trev, footy and frothies today. We're uh, lucky enough, Trev and I have trekked down, the other Trev, Plan B Trev, has trekked down Trev. to the Cumberland Oval Bar and we're very lucky to be joined by Daniel Payne, author, collectible, well, how, how do we address you, antique guru, yep. footy enthusiast, uh, Dan Payne, and uh, his son Kurt joining us as well. Hello. What's going on Kurt? We'll start with you. Hello. How are you today? <laughs> how are you mate? I'm doing right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, what's it like living with Dad here? Interesting. <laughs> well, I'd say it's not a normal childhood compared to the other common child. You know, with all this footy, collectible stuff, relics in the bar, yep. and everywhere else in the house. <laughs> and Daniel, how have you been, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Um, thanks for coming along. No, thanks for having us on the show. And it's been a pretty good year for Parramatta. Yeah. Oh, so, mate. both para fans? Yeah. Naturally, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's awesome. Hey, let me just tell you a quick story. When I first made contact with you, Dan, to say, do you want to come on the pod? Yep. And you agreed. I messaged Adrian and Barn, who's not here today. I said, boys, we're catching up with the NRL Antiques Guru, Dan Payne, at the Cumberland Bar. Well, Adrian over here goes, jumped on Google and said, oh, where's the, cum- <laughs> the Cumberland Bar? <laughs> <laughs> so, somewhere in Manly, what? Um, and then Nigeria was going on, but yeah, that, right. that was my start. I, too, I did think. try to set it up in Google as a um, location, but, yeah. it, you know, it was a bar, but it wouldn't let me. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It was a business. Not licensed enough, yeah. It's not licensed, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, so, Dan, tell us where everything started. So, passion footy from pretty much a kid. Mm. Um, well, how about I tell you first about um, – the Cumberland Oval sign. Yeah, right. Yeah, really sure. So I, I picked this sign up from a lady who um, went to put it in my Facebook group and and as soon as I saw it, I took it out and said, look, um, I messaged her directly. I said, look, I'll, I'll happily buy the sign off you. And Kurt and I went and picked it up from this lady at Windsor and um, it was covered in cobwebs and everything. And, yeah. and that's, that's how we ended up building this bar because I had the sign. I thought, well... What's the good of that sign? I need to, need to do something. So I built the bar, then everything else around you. So it all sort of – that's how the bar got built. Yeah. And uh, the seats you were telling us from Par- the old Paris Stadium. Yeah, yeah. Um, two seats from Parramatta Stadium. The, so I've got the old Cumberland Oval, Parramatta Stadium, but I don't have anything from Bank West yet. Yeah. Give um, another 20, 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he was there last night, Trevor. You enjoyed that? Yeah, that no, was pretty good. The facilities out there are amazing. First time out there? Yeah, first time out there, believe yep. it or not. Most people were shocked, uh, but it was my first time being there because each time I've planned to go there, yeah. I've been told to go to another ground. All oh, right, yeah, It's an awesome stadium. Yep. Um, Kurt and I, we got tickets, luckily, to the Parramatta-Brisbane semi-final last year where they they beat them by about 100 to nil. Yeah. It was an awesome um, atmosphere, so <laughs> it's really good. And how have you enjoyed power this year? Yeah, good, good. They're, the forwards are tough. Um, the back line's awesome. Steve-O and, yeah, it's just a... It's a very good side. Even with Mitchell Moses, they had that Jai guy from um, yeah, St. Jai George. Yeah. yeah, and he, he was awesome. So like, why did they let him go? But, yeah, they're very tough. The forwards are tough. I yeah. think that's that's doing it. And, and you're doing it without Brown at the moment. Get him back next week. Yeah, get him back. And also, like, the new rule probably suits Parramatta. Yeah. They're a pretty quick side and, and that, and they don't really wrestle. Well, it was the, a blessing. It looked like you're going to have no, no hooker for the year and any <laughs> miraculous recovery and it suits him down to the ground as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Reed Mahoney, yeah, Reed. yeah awesome yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love the team. Um, but I've gone for them forever. And yeah. like you asked me how I got started. So um, as a kid, I just love love rugby league. There was something about it, you know, talking to my uncles and mates. We all we all used to um, like. I, I sort of wrote it in the book there mm-hmm. a bit about what got me into it as a kid. So. Um, yeah, my uncle would um, talk to me about football, and we'd watch a little bit. Uh, my best mate had um, 
his brother had all the big leagues. So we'd sit yeah. there and look at the big leagues and I remember he threw them out at the end of the year and we're like, Jesus, why would you do that? And, and collecting the bubblegum cards. As a, I remember the first time I bought them with a school fate. So they were sitting there and um, at the school. And, Was that the old Scanlon? Yeah, they, were, they must have been 79, I think, or 80 because, um, yeah, I was just there and <clears throat> like uh, – I'd never seen them before. And, I was, and she goes, oh, they're last years. I said, oh, it doesn't matter. And then, yeah, and then the next year I bought some from the packets. I remember it was 81. I got them from the packets. So I was in year one. And, yeah, and then we all sort of traded them and that. And, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, as I got a bit older, like year seven and eight, uh, one of the kids used to bring in his dad's football cards and they were from the 70s and I never even knew about them. And that's part of the reason I wrote that that green book or the brown book and, and that. So that's just a history of the catalogue of all cards that have yep. ever come out that we know of. And Yeah, because I was thinking I had no idea what years these cards were and they all looked a little bit different. They were all from the 70s and 60s. So. And is that it? Have you created your own uh, archive essentially to keep track or is there one a public oh, well, that's, one? That's, that's, that's what it is? That's there, the, yeah, they're yeah. basically an archive. And you build that from archive. scratch? Do you have to go out and do your research? How long did that take you putting together the first well, two? Well, the first, the brown one, 2008, that, I remember that took about four years. Yeah. And it's pretty simple sort of book. And then after that, um, yeah, I put, did the green one, which is a bit better. And but there's you know it's a big job publishing a book even mm. yeah like it's just a, basically a list and yeah, we better stop with this what are we gonna do no, with the cat, cat. <laughs> yeah. we got Vincent the cat here he should be right he's right. We, he yeah. won't hear it here he'll be yep. fine okay yeah. Vincent the cat's not happy he can come back in the bar if it'll keep him happy yeah maybe let him he's just gonna yeah, take he's just gonna take my thongs Kurt do you want to duck over and uh, and grab and let uh, Vincent back in this is a Vinny C will yeah. call him quality audio program <laughs> when we get on um, Club Trev. There he is. He's happy now. He's back in the bar. I don't blame him. We'll see. The cat after my own heart. He cries when he's not at the bar. Um, yeah. So that uh, so that took you four years to get through. Yeah. The first book took four years. Yep. Um, and the the other book, the Heroes of Yesterday, that that was published uh, early this year, just before COVID. And um, I already did the interviews. Basically, all those interviews were already done, and that still took six months to publish. Yeah. To put it into a book, you know, yeah. once you get your typeset or a cover design and an editor going through and through. And yeah, it's a pretty big job, even um, like all the work was done, base, essentially. So, um, uh, and talk us through, well, we'll start, we may as well start with Heroes of Yesterday. Um, where'd the idea for that start? And it was just that you, you knew so many oh, yeah. great stories, you wanted to publish one? Or? Yeah, well, um, well, it, I remember it. I was going through the Big League magazine, an old Big League from probably the 90s, and I had a look because I've got the website and everything, and I had a look and I said to Kurt, like, you know, this is pretty interesting. It's just a one-page interview. Maybe I should do that for my website. So I sort of thought, yeah, he goes, yeah, do it. And then so I've ended up approaching a few players and no one really wanted to hear from me. And then Bruiser, big Bruiser Clark, he's not in the book, but he said, oh, yeah, send us through some questions, I'll answer them. And then that was my first interview. Mm-hmm. And he'll be in uh, Big Bruiser. He's coming here in a couple of weeks and he's going to be in book two. So we're going to redo his interview. So the first interview wasn't good. I, have, I interviewed probably 60-odd players. Yep. And um, so with this book, I just sort of just picked the six, uh, the 30 that I'd done already that were already pretty decent interviews because some of them, like it was, it was not the player, it was, it was me. Like I, I wasn't very good at doing the interviews. And mm-hmm. like anything, you you practice, you get, you get better at it. So... Um, yeah, so I've picked uh, 30 of the best interviews there. Um, right over here. Yeah, like, there's some... Just want to tell our listeners the name of the book. Yeah, so it's Rugby League's Heroes of Yesterday. Um, even got my good mate Andrew Voss to write on the cover. 
Uh, what's he say? As a fan of rugby league, Dan Payne is simply the best. A student of the game with warrants some mortal status. That's a bit, <laughs> a bit generous. <laughs> <laughs> but most of the interviews here, like um, each each one's like a you know, if you've ever had a beer with the guys or something like that, it's always a better interview. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Vincent's here. He's, have you fed him today? What's going on here, Daniel? Yeah, just wants attention. He's all right. Yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, so some of them are pretty interesting. Um, like Paul Morris told us about an in-season trip that was he was given, um, he was shot at in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. So that yeah. there's an exclusive in the book about it, and you know he's sort of given money to hush up about it at back in oh. the day, and he was never supposed to talk about it. But it's 30 years on, so yeah, he's come out and told us. Um, Robbie O'Davis was probably one of my favourite interviews. It was when the, my interviews started to get a bit more serious with the guy. So, and he got very. Um, very honest and raw sort of interview and he talks about the black dog and, and stuff like that and that's become a common thing with um, a lot of the players they uh, <coughs> like once football finishes especially the more glamorous players they a lot of them they hit on hard times it's not just the money but it's you know the showmanship so they don't have that big audience to play in front of they can be walking down the road and no one, no one cares yeah. about them anymore where the year before they've got all the you know they've got all the um Attention. Yeah. That's it. Kurt, just a question to ask you, mate. Obviously, uh, when you've been with Dad and the people that you've met, who's the favourite pass player that you like most? Oh, I don't have one. It's too many of them. Too many of them? So you like quite a few of them? Yeah, they they all have their good parts, their down parts. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you played yourself as a kid, like when you were younger? Oh, yeah, under fives. Yep, under fives. Wooden spoon. Where, where did you play at? <laughs> Camden Rams. Just so just down the road from here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's awesome, mate. And you go for Parramatta. Who's your favourite player today? Don't have one either. <laughs> the whole team. Yeah, basically. Yeah, not the King. Gutho. Uh, yeah, he's alright. Yeah. He's all right. Or Sivo, Mike Sivo. Oh yeah, Sivo. Yeah. He's. A- so yeah, growing up as a kid in the eighties, you saw the the uh, epic para team with Eric Grove, as I was saying. Yeah, Eric Grove. Um, I got to meet him as a kid and um, some of the other players, but Eric Grove stood out. You know, and they were just had a magical side. Um, bit better than today, but still, like today's mm. very good. Um, you know, that's such a backline like Sterling to Kenny, um, Steve Ella, yeah, uh, Grove, yeah, yeah, um, even Paul Taylor at the back, and. Um, Oh, John Muggleton, like I interviewed John Muggleton just recently. So, you know, um, just a fantastic side. Ray Price. Yeah, Bob at the yeah. front. Mick Delroy, who's, um, I got to interview him as well. He's in the book two, uh, book one, sorry. So, yeah, just a fantastic yeah. side. And, yeah. And where did you grow up? Was it Parramatta? Was that the reason you followed him? Parramatta area? Or oh, no, just from around here? my cousins and that were all um, Parramatta supporters. So, did yeah, we say? all, yeah, and we used to go to the games a bit and, yeah, like, yeah, meeting Eric Grove and that. So as a kid, yeah, you know, I didn't want to go for another team, and you know I still go for Parramatta. And like they say, a lot of guys are more loyal to their footy teams than their women. Yeah, that's I, very I true. That's yeah. very true. <laughs> Why do you look at me? Oh, yeah, I'm, not saying, I'm just saying it's, it's very true. <laughs> yeah. So um, you were telling us off air, Kurt, when Trev asked you your favourite player, uh, Paul Morris came home for a barbecue. Had that finish up. Oh yeah, he was. Um we were out in the back playing footy. He was trying to teach me how to tackle, you know, go for the legs. Because, you know, a man can't run without his legs. Mm-hmm. Some will say he can't run without his head as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only Leila would say that. So. <laughs> yeah, so I'm um, that the first tackle, I grab him around the legs. Then, you know, he's got hip problems and, you know. And he'd had about 12 beers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he just 
tumbled straight on top of my ear. His hips smacked right into my ear. Yeah. But he's yeah. pretty apologetic. Yeah. Like his arm. Um, How'd you oh, pull sorry, up? Sorry, Curdy. Oh, HIA was a bit red. Yeah. Yeah. Got through it all right. Yeah. Uh, so how do you get the how do you make the leap down from so you started with your cards when you were a kid how how it grow into this how it grow into um, everything else was it just I don't know just a lot of involvement yeah because originally I collected footy cards so and then I actually went into the navy and I, I, that died off completely I didn't even follow football for for about ninety eight for maybe seven or eight years yeah watched the occasional game at the pub or something then when I left the navy I moved over to WA and I just started. Um, I, I, went, I think I went into a shop and saw some for sale and I ended up buying a, a, a packet of cards and then I bought a box and then a case, like a case has got 12 yep. boxes. And then from there it was like, is this getting a bit out of hand or you need, needed to sell some? So I, I started an eBay account and then from there um, put my name, Dan's NRL, and I made a website. So I made the website selling selling the footy cards and that sort of thing. And then it, so from the shop building up and I started selling you know, branching out to big leagues and rugby league weeks and yeah. the rest of it. <clears throat> and that got pretty big. And then I, with the interviews, so then things started to grow with the interviews. So um, I interviewed one or two players. Um, I interviewed a couple of guys who sort of fell on hard times. So I was thinking, what's a way I could do something, you know, to maybe give them a little bit of cash or something. And, you know, because most, actually, just about every single guy I've interviewed, they're, they're happy to do it for nothing. Like, there's no yeah. money involved. It's just a, a chat. They're, yeah. they're always happy, especially guys from the 70s, 80s, 90s. And not self-centred. No. A completely different um, perspective on life. You know, and it's, it's I've actually learned a lot just from brushing shoulders with a lot of these guys. And and that, and so I ended up holding some functions. So the last three, or three years or so, I would get three or four footy players to turn up and get up and talk. Um, we had trivia, so I had... Chris Atkins was – he came up against David Middleton okay. on the footy show. He's a really shy kid, yeah. and but I got him up on stage, so he's, he's doing that. And my son as well was um, – they did it as a pair doing the questions. Yeah. And, and, and and then that sort of led into um, doing the book because, you know, I already had so many interviews. And, and it just sort of um, – one thing leads into another. We we're talking off air, like about um, all the networking and stuff, and there, there's a hell of a lot of networking with this, and even doing this podcast, and yeah. and you know, and also um, I like the involvement with the with um, the fan Andrew yeah. Voss's show on Foxtel. So, yeah. how, how did that come about? Yeah, well, that's interesting as well because um, it's the same sort of thing, like the networking. But he remembered me somehow. Uh, back when he had boots and all, I emailed him quite a lot, asking about different things, and and he he remembered, and um, he contacted me out of the blue and said, "Oh, you know, can you get all your footy stuff out? We're going to come out and do a show. This is at Fox before the NRL channel." Yep. And we were in there, and I had basically all of one side of the dining room all full of footy cards, um, everything, magazines, and uh, different dolls and. Records, everything, and the other side of the living room as well. So it was all just stuff everywhere. And then, so Vossi did this. Um, oh, it was probably a five-minute um, thing just on my collection and, and whatnot. And then he said to me, "Look, uh, between you and me, NRL is going to have its own channel, and I'll get my own show, and I'm going to give you a little segment." And then I sort of thought, "Ah, oh, you know, I didn't really think too much of it." But yeah, and then true to his word, he came back a couple of years later and. Um, he said, I've watched this um, Antiques Roadshow. I want you to sort of do 
do that. And yeah, it was um, it was actually pretty daunting for me because I'm pretty pretty reserved sort of person actually. And um, so with a TV shoot, is it him and four blokes? Is it him and a cameraman? Is yeah, it, they set so up he'll, lights? he'll come. It? Yeah. It's all pretty off the cuff, yeah. a bit like this. So he'll come in and we might have a few things and a few people might have sent, sent a few things in and we make up stories as well and we basically evaluate stuff and there'll be a camera guy, there'll be a sound guy and then the director, Lee, would come out as well. So, And it's a full day. Like by the end of the day, you're pretty exhausted. I feel exhausted and yeah. he's had me up here. Um Start to remember the lines, so yeah. he'd go through pretty quickly. Oh, you know, we'll say this is from here, and you got it from, um, you know, looking at the the way it is. It's from Shenzhen, China, or something. And so we did the whole thing. We tried to film it all in one go, and then do another angle. And we did the whole thing, and then um, I forgot. I got the Chinese name mixed up. He goes, Jesus Christ, fucking hell, Dan. <laughs> I've never heard him swear before. He goes, Kurt, Kurt, you're going to have to come out and replace your father. <laughs> and it made me, um, I thought, Jesus. So I had to really think about it. So, yeah, yeah I found it a bit Did it get easier or was it just It is easy now. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, like we haven't filmed this year, like I said, but yeah. um, last year we we basically filmed twice a year, so that'll do. And you go, so you see do a whole day and that lasts yeah, yeah, 10 minutes six every episodes, week. Yeah. Um, yeah. A, a day, and yeah, and that'll do for the year. But it's a bit more natural now. Like yeah. I'm, I feel comfortable with him. But like the first time, it was yeah, it's sort of oh, it a bit daunting. Then yeah. you, you know, what do I say? <laughs> and how's working with Vossi? Is he right? Oh, he's he's excellent. Like um, yeah, he's he's ex- extremely smart. Yeah, he remembers. Um, he's got a memory. Just it's he comes across that way. Encyclopedia of the game. Yeah, and he's very funny. He's his uh, he, wit's funny. So I think that's probably. Oh, we get along. We've got the same sort of wit, like a very dry sense of humour. Yeah, and he does a lot for the game. He's uh, uh, he's the sort of person I don't think he's ever said anything bad about someone. Yeah. You know, he commentates a lot. Like him and how busy you'd be doing that, you know, to to get through all that without bad-mouthing people. I think that's exceptional. Yeah. No, that's right. Mm. Yeah, just uh, on that, mate, like, people don't bad-mouth anyone. It's good. Like in this day and age, you see most uh, commentators – Definitely ones that are journos as well. Yeah. They're the first one to bag a player out, bad mouth them, yeah. or an official and that. But then they'll go up to them the next day and want to be their best mate. Yeah. You, you can't do that. No. It's a fun fact about Vossi. I think I was the only bloke that bought his parenting book. I've got it. I've got it. In there. <laughs> I've got one. I've got it. What are they worth these days? I should have asked. Uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't know about it. I saw it in uh, Rugby League Week. I think it was yeah. 2013. Twenty. It was twenty ten because when my I was about my it? first one. Yeah, maybe later. No, yeah, it was one of them. Yeah, and then I saw it. I thought, geez, I got to buy that. And I was trying to find it. It's not in any bookshops now. Yeah, but I bought it on eBay. Yeah, you know, I might have got it for twenty, but I'll tell you, yeah. it's probably worth five hundred. Oh, good, excellent! Yeah, FX Roadshow you, you memorabilia. Just, yeah. I should have. Uh, I should have got out of. We've just moved house. I should have got out of the box and brought it down. Hey. Yeah, I've got one inside. The rent. So, <laughs> we should, so yeah, well, there we go. We're the two that bought Vossi's book. That's great. Um, not a bad. It wasn't a bad book actually. Um, so, what else do you involve with rugby league? So you're involved with the Asian Asian yeah. NRL. Yeah, I've just um, got appointed on the NRL Asia. As secretary, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, that's that's something I'm very interested in. I'm, I'm keen because you know, there's a very big market in Asia. Yeah, you know, um, it's played in Thailand, Philippines, and you know a few other places. And there's a there's a big there's a lot of room for growth. Like um, AFL's up in China. You know, the rugby league, the NRL should. You know, it's a, it's an audience that we could capture. You know, uh, is it um 
Is it like the ugly sort of step kid or is it in being embraced? Is Zeno, does Zeno realise what they have there or is it – obviously this is a bad example because yeah, of what's going on. Yeah, but this year is the time years, to plan for next year. Yeah. But, um, is there a concerted push or is it more, I guess, PNG and islands, which we'll talk about soon? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, there's, we're, we're trying to get a competition started up in Thailand. Yeah. Um, and also a competition in Sydney with like a Vietnam team and mm-hmm. – you know, all this, all this. We're just trying to work out what numbers and what clubs to associate. Uh, I don't really know that much as yet. We're just early discussions. Early. How did you get involved with that? Uh, well, I went to Thailand to write a story for Rugby League Review. I've, write, I've written for Terry Libidopoulos for nearly 10 years, just, um, you know, different things. And I went up there to cover this uh, NRL Asian Nines, Asian Nines it was. And that was um, – yeah, there was a group of different teams um, and there was like some Thai players, Thai referees. There was um, a team from Ireland and some Ireland ex- expats from Australia. Uh, there was uh, New Zealand teams. It was just a good um, competition, you know, up there and trying to grow the name. Yeah, there was um, – so there's referee clinics up there, coaching clinics, guys like Brian Smith's involved up there um, over the years. Taz Bateri's always sort of overseen a lot of it. There's, Taz um, is a good man. Yeah. He's, I, I interviewed his. Um, I interviewed him for book two as well recently. And, yeah, Excellent. like what he's done for International Rugby League is just incredible. He's the godfather of International Rugby League. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So if, just for our listeners, just to touch on Taz, his job is the – Rugby, well, now it's International Rugby League, uh, development officer. And so he's been yep. developing the game around the world now for quite yep. a long time. Oh, he has. He has. Who yeah. funds that? Is that an NRL thing or is it self funded or is it. Okay, uh, as far as I'm aware, um, best of my knowledge, it's part of NRL, but. Everyone chips in a bit. Everyone sort of chips in and just goes from there and just whatever funding comes. And sponsorship as well. Sponsorship. Like they, there's a lot of pushes for sponsorship. Yeah. Yeah, so it's hard work. It's yeah, none of it's easy, but yeah. I think it's something that's. Like, I've been watching a bit of footage from 2000 with the World Cup, like all those teams involved, you know, Lebanon and you know Wales and all these. That's what we want to see. We want to see the game growing. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, we would yeah. like to see a Philippines team and a, a Thailand team. I and, think those sort of early 2000s are almost like a golden age for. They weren't the strongest nations, but everyone had a team. Yeah, emerging and then nations. They, and yeah. then it was um, they stripped it back a bit, and now. The push is back on, I guess, yeah, James. Because at the moment, the game's predominantly played the east coast of Australia and mm. 62 north of England. Yeah, and then all those islands <laughs> off, off the yeah. Australia. That's right. So, but no, but oh, sorry, I lost my fault. Oh, okay, keep it going. Yeah. Um, so, the rugby review, so the writing for that, how'd that, so you've written. Oh, well, that, that happened. Um, Terry wrote a book review for me with the card book. Yeah. And um, he said to me, uh, I can't remember how it happened, but he said, would you like to write a story? So what I what I mainly write for him, we'll pick a season. So the first season I did was 1963. Mm-hmm. I sort of talk about what happened in 1963, a bit of the football, and then what football cards were released, you know. So, And we've done that the whole way through. And now we're up to, I've got to write one this week. He just messaged me last night. It's, I've got to write 1999. So there wasn't a lot of cards in 1999, but... There was club cards or whatever, but yeah. I also talk about the semi-final series or, you know, any major things that happened that year. It's just so I usually get one page. 
But the other the other interesting trip I did, I took Kurt up to um, Kokobo. Mm. Um, well, we originally went up there because my, my grandfather was there in the war against the Japanese and um, I, I waited till he died before I went up there because I was always talking about going up there because I was in the military as well. Yeah. And then, yeah, when he died, I thought, no, let's just do it. So we went up, we flew up, Port Moresby then, it's another hour and a half over to Kokobo. And it was like the last night we were there, wasn't it, Kurt? We we're in the... Can I say this? The white, yeah, the, the white yeah. man bar. Yeah. So there's still like that. It's, it's an old colonial. Yep. And I was there talking to a few of the guys and they said, oh, you're talking about footy. I said, you've got to talk to John Nightingale. And um, I said, oh, so you knew that. And then they went around and got him. So the club's here. He walks walks around the corner, around the fence, and that's his house. So overlooking <laughs> overlooking um, the harbour there is, you know, beautiful spot. Yeah. He come around, he said, look um, – you got to come back for the Cocoa Bay Nines in two weeks. And I, I rang Terry. I said, you know, if I come back for this, I want to, at least a couple of pages because, you know, I want to cover the whole story about the, the tournament. And so Terry said, yep, go and do it. He's, and John Nightingale said, look, um, you know, we'll give you a box seat up in the shipping container overlooking. So <laughs> that's, that's humour. <laughs> yeah, <look> that. <laughs> and we went back. So we went back two weeks later. And it was interesting, some of the stories, like this This is their national, um, <clears throat> this is their national sport, rugby league, that's that's fanatical. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, Kurt sort of helped out and we, we took photos and interviewed a lot of the, lot of the, not many of the players, more of the managers of the sides. And one team I remember, the island above um, New Britain, was it New Island? New Britain. New Britain, yeah, oh, but yeah, the, the islands oh. had this team. Okay. They got on the back of a truck and it was like 12 hours to get to the centre of, of their island. And then they get on a ferry, another 12 hours from there to Cocoa Bay. So they're on the back of a truck for 24 hours wow. to go and play footy. Yeah. They didn't. They don't even have um, footy boots, you know, so, when they're... Yeah, so they're in sandshoes just running around in jogging. Barefoot. 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 Yeah. Barefoot footy. And wow. the footy was probably the best footy I've ever seen. Like yeah, it was right. tough, very yeah. tough. There was a... Queensland side, um, but most of the sides were like these islands, and I think there was about three or four from Port Moresby, yeah. so they were strong teams. But he he also, uh, John Nightingale would use that because he owns, or he owned, sorry, the Agmar Gurias, um, the football team. So he would do this as a bit of a recruitment. So he put it all on, like the whole tournament, and he would get this raw talent from these, you know, these places. These players would never get... Any exposure to yeah. anything. So yeah. they can get into that. Then from there they can get into the Digicel Cup, which is the cup up, up there. And then from there the, the goal for the New Guinea guys is to play in the um, – For the Hunters. The Hunters. Yeah. Yeah. But there, and one interesting thing, if I can talk about it. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> so we, we were there for the whole tournament and it was the final. So the final was between the local team and the team from Port Moresby, I think. And um, anyway – the game just finished and this massive earthquake. It ended up, it was a 7.8 on the Richter scale. People were running off the stands and everything. And I was saying to Kurt, How's your shipping the, container going? <laughs> get into the centre of the field. Yeah. And the whole thing was shaking. I'm like, wow. I've never been in an earthquake before. 7.8 as well. Yeah. Didn't miss you. Wow. It was a little while, a little way away, but yeah, yeah that really yeah, yeah, hit yeah. us. And yeah. um, John Nightingale at the end of the thing got up and said, um, look, that's just the Agma Guria, because Guria means earthquake. So that's the the Guria um, saying it's not happy about the money leaving the 
the area going back to Port Moresby. So, that's what it was. <laughs> so Kurt, how did you enjoy that experience? Oh, yeah, it was very interesting, good experience. You know, it's very different to here. Mm. Yeah. So, how's um how's the climate for rugby league over there in terms of just humid or not too bad or yeah, it was, like hot day for the guys running around? In yeah, it was climate? a bit hot. Yeah. yeah, tropical weather. Yeah, yeah, sticky weather. You know, hot. Unreal. Yeah, cool. Um, so talk about a bit about your um, Dan. So you military man, obviously family related. Um, yep. Spent time in the navy. Yeah, ten years in the navy. Yeah, and then I just had enough, and um, then I ended up moving to. I'm a surveyor, so I moved into offshore oil and gas okay. survey. So I've been doing that ever since. So that's, yep. I think I've been doing it 15, 16 years. So it's a bit better. Got a lot more time off, but the military is good for young people. But yeah, I just had enough when I was what about thirty. Yeah. yeah, no, fair enough. And but we've seen Kurt, Kurt and I talking about um, some of the miniatures and stuff. So still a passion. Um, what, what's your spare time entail apart from like cleaning up and oh. going through this? Do you get much? And is there other other passions you've got? Um, apart from my current girlfriend, or yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> oh, you talk about her. Give her up as well. She looks good in Easter, as I've been told. So that's uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, that's the one there. <laughs> yeah, Tina, she works for Qantas, and unfortunately, like in these times, so uh, she's been stood down as well. So yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, pretty crazy times actually. Yeah. How's um how's surveying been in the current climate? Yeah, well, I've been stood down as well. Yeah, but um, you know, I think next year's going to be pretty busy catching up. Yeah, there's some big projects and. Um, yeah, but it's just quiet at the moment. But I, the way I work, I work away for a bit, and then I'm home for. I can be home for two or three months, and it's not an issue. So. Yeah. No, so what's yeah? What's the flip side? Are you on the road for two or three months, same time, or is no, it more like four or five weeks? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then yeah, but working away, it's a. It can be hard for some people, but you know, like we get a lot of quality time. Yeah. You know, so father and son quality time where you, you average nine to five. Father gets home, he's pretty tired. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's just a mindset. Yeah, perfect. Um, For the guys that are going to watch our YouTube channel, do you want to give a bit of a chat about what's hanging up behind us? So who have we got up here? And oh, right, yeah. What so, can you say? And, and some of this stuff's been on Antiques Roadshow on yep. the fan. So that's Peter Sterling's um, shirt. Yeah. From, from 86. 86. Yep. It's the Kiwis. This one here, Robbie O'Davis gave me that. And um, anything Robbie O'Davis or any of the players give me, Stays with me. Yep. I never, never think about selling it. So, he, he that was one of my functions actually. Um, retro rugby league. He says keep on killing it. And Robbie O, if you ever want a, a guy to do a podcast or or any sort of stand up talk, Robbie O's the guy. Oh, fantastic! This is ninety five St George Luke Goodwin. So Luke Goodwin, he's he sold me a Parramatta one, but he he gave me a St George one. So. There was 20 teams back in 95, and uh, Luke went around and got them all signed. He was playing for Parramatta. And he got, so he went in the dressing sheds and got them all signed by someone else. So he's just a supporter, just like, yeah, like yeah. us. You know, he, played, he played at the top level, but he's yeah. Yeah, and football family, like his father, Lord Ted, another great, right. great guy to have met through all of this. Uh, what else do we have? Um, that's Parramatta's training shirt, so Mick Delroy. Um, <laughs> And I asked John Muggleton if if he which which colour he was because I don't know if you know but Parramatta they had a black, a white, and I think a blue right. training shirt. So all three grades I'll just split them up. So you might have Peter Sterling, you could be an under twenty three player, and you're in you know you could be the five eight Peter Sterling. Yeah. And John Muggleton said he trained too hard, so his his training shirts are all trashed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is um, Frawley. What's his name? 
1950 New South Wales um, jersey. I've forgotten his name, sorry. And this one here's a training shirt, um, 1983 Eastern Suburbs. So there's just a few of the items. That, yeah. And, you know, to me, I, I just think this is classic. This is the way rugby league should be, how we remember it. 100%. Yeah, they're great. And in front of us here we've got the uh, 1980 Dallium. Yeah, so this is the first ever issued Dallium trophy. So wow. what, the way they did it was the, the club favourite player. Yeah. So this was um, Belmain. Percy Knight played for Belmain, so they called him out first. And, um, yeah, I actually had the footage. So when we did it on, on the fan, yeah. um, I gave the footage to Fox because I've got a pretty big library of footage. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they used that. And you can see Percy Knight get in it. And then, yeah, Percy Knight um, wanted me to have it. So it sits in the bar. and It's, it's awesome. It's, yeah. It'll stay here forever. It's awesome. Yep. Mate, it's good to have people like yourself around uh, collecting – the memorabilia, because one, one thing I've found over the years here in Australia that we, we don't respect the history of the game much anymore, yeah. like we once did. Mm. Most people said that sort of happened yep. after the Super League. Super League. Right? But, mate, like, I've got to give you two thumbs up, because coming in here, I've just seen some of the things you got. It's brought back memories to my childhood yeah, as well. So, so even I know it used to be featured in the fan, ARL 96, probably my favourite rugby league yeah, ARL 96. game oh, right. yeah, ever PC. released. That was, uh, I used to play that when I was about 10 years old, spent hours playing that on the PC. Yep. Um, that's how cool a kid I was. Uh, yeah, that's a great thing as well. A lot of talking points. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just uh, quickly on the – oh, with your video archive. So was that all just VCR stuff? Just yeah, this games, is just or? through – it's, again, networking. So yeah. I've just swapped – you know, I might swap 10 games with another guy for yeah. 10 games. And, yeah, I've just been doing it for probably 15 or 20 years and yeah. I've built up a library. So You transfer that over to sort of um, – DVD or Working, a, yeah, DVD, a, and then uh, trying to put them on drive, hard drive but it's, yeah. yeah, but you know, it's um to me, there's a it's a big, it's a lot of joy just watching an old game from 1983 yeah. or something, you know, and you see how they play, and it's it's a different game, it's mm. completely different, you know, it's a much better game, I think. Uh, probably the best footy I'd say is the nineties. Yeah, the I was going to side and yeah, just well, the first game I feel, first team I fell in love with was the Green Machine. So was it was the uh, yeah the I could probably name off the top of my head but the Brett Mullins era, yeah. Mullins and you know, Nagus and Andrew Nagus, Kuh, yeah, uh, Stewart and and in the forward pack Ferner and everyone. But um, just good footy to watch, like just the the set play pieces, everything like that. Yeah, the yeah. Body. each team had their own style. Yeah, yeah, that's and, right. And in this day and age, most teams play the same. It's just who pulls it off the best. That's right. Yeah. It is, yeah. I think, I think the most exciting in the last few weeks is teams are now trying new things again. Like we saw Moylan last night trying, basically playing his first receiver, so they had two five eights. Yeah. Um, they're trying new things now. There's a bit more pace. Uh, how are you enjoying since they've brought the six again? Really oh, that for Landis is a breath of fresh air. Yeah. He is, isn't he? I'd say he's the best best person we've had, you know, for decades. Yeah. Trev yeah. knows how much. Yeah, <laughs> I, love I love the Landis. Like I've told everyone, I said he he's the man to get everyone yeah. Back, he'll get everything going. Everyone goes, oh, no, he doesn't know what he's doing. I said, do you know who he is? And they go, no. So, well, how about you go look him up and come back and tell yeah. me what he's done for horse racing? Yeah, yeah. that's right, yeah. Well, I, I'm a racing fan as well, but um, I know what he drove there. But just, 
he almost single-handedly willed rugby league back into existence this year yeah. and, and has changed the game for the better. And even some of the proposed changes need to happen. I think he'll drive as well. So he's, he's obviously very passionate. Yeah, he means, he's a man who gets things done. That's simple as that. And, it's, and it, the people he's listening to, he's listening to the fans. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, one, the big things are the one ref and the wrestle. Yeah. They're probably the two of the main gripes for a lot of people and it, they've done. Got rid of them straight away. It was six against taking the wrestle out of it It has, well. mm. yeah. Well, now it's all about a quicker play of the ball. Like, yeah. it, like both sides have to do that. And it was good to see exciting Thursday night was just Melbourne tried to play East game. They tried to play up-tempo footy and try and match them instead of trying to slow anything down. It was, and it was the best game of the what season. What a game that was. Oh, what a, a finish. Yeah, what what did you think of that, Kurt? Well, we um, watched the last yeah, minute, remember? And yeah, we yeah, watched then, the last minute. That was ridiculous. Yeah. You think, what well, can possibly go wrong again? <laughs> but uh, we nearly turned off. you never safe. Nearly, no, yeah. partner. Well, and that's the thing. 18 points isn't a lead now. No. Momentum swings 18 points. You can run down in 20 minutes. Yeah, know. that's right. So, yeah, yeah. It, that's, uh, that I've really loved since what he's been back this year. Um, best people you've met doing books and doing this stuff and, and everything you do. Um, who's, who's been some of the best people you've met? Oh, you, you don't know, have to bag it. I'll ask the worst later, but you don't have to bag it. But, um, no, <laughs> stick to the best. No, for there's now. so many great ones. Just looking at, at the book cover, like um, you know, so many of them I've been involved with in quite a number of different levels. You know, um, like Terry Lamb, he, he took us all around Belmore Oval, yeah. and then we did the interview there, and then then he did a function. Like Lord Ted, just a fantastic human being, and like an enigma. The, the you know, and the way he sort of talks and yeah we did a podcast as well we did our own little podcast it's yep. the only one I've ever done but that's <laughs> good and a lot of them you know they're all they're all different they're all they're all good for I sort of remember because I only see them for if it's an interview that's, you only keep it to about an hour yeah and, yeah and um yeah I get a lot out of it you know like um Gary Jack you know we've I've done quite a lot of things with him and um so I've interviewed him he's done a function and we've We've checked out his footy card, his footy sticker. I don't know if you know about that, but we checked out his footy sticker on the yeah. show, so oh, on yeah, national yeah. TV, and I'm checking that he's got his appendage showing or not. So, <laughs> yeah, so he was happy that it was brought up after 35 years. And oh, there, there's so many great guys, but and the, the guy doesn't have to be a superstar. Like I've, mm. I've got a bit of a, a range here, you know. So. Um, you know, like Graham Foe, he's not that well known, but his interview was fantastic. Yeah. And it was just a very tough um, Canterbury front rower, you know, and uh, back in the late 70s. And some of the stories he told me, and then he put me on to Greg Cook. So Greg Cook was, um, I think he was probably Illawarra's first or second signing very early on. So, and he and he was involved with the Bob Cooper, like he got his jaw broken from Bob Cooper in yeah. that incident. So we talk, talk about that in book two. And, you know, and he come over and, we had a barbecue and uh, had more than eight beers and then he slept on the couch. So, you know, like, <laughs> it's great. I think, you know, and they're, they're very genuine. Nearly yeah. everyone I've met, they're all incredibly genuine yeah. guys and, you know, you build build a lot of friendships actually yeah, from it. Excellent. So, um, yeah, and I feel pretty blessed that, that um, you know, I try to give a lot of respect and discretion and, you know, I don't want to put anything bad yeah. about a person. So, you know, we keep it all positive and, um, yeah, it was, it was just whatever they want to talk about. Yeah, you're not looking for a headline yeah. or a story. Like, yeah, you're looking for a good story, yeah. but you're not looking for a headline. That's right. Yeah, and so sometimes the best stories are just from their under 15 Bs. Like, it's not yeah. a, it doesn't have yeah. to be about winning a premiership, right? Just, well, mate, you find them by accident a lot of the time. Well, one of the, like, a few weeks back, I'm Matt Adamson. 
Yeah, one of the best stories he told us was him and Adam Gilchrist when they were playing in the under-15 state championship in cricket together. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, just those type of stories, like, people wouldn't even know that. Well, that's the thing, and that's, yeah, and I think it's important, actually. Like, you know, I've only picked 30 players to tell yeah. their stories, but I think it's important. You, you, It's a lot of tradition there, a lot of, um, yeah, just the stories, like we've said, there's, there's so much there. Yeah, they're all... Good guys. Yeah, awesome. And uh, we'll touch on just because we do our – we'll start the year. We picked our best teams we've seen. Who's, your, who's been your favourite player and who's been the best players you've seen over the last 30 years, would you say? Oh, geez. That's, well, I always thought Jared Hayne was just an unbelievable player. Yeah. You know, um, 2009 and, and after and – I've interviewed a couple of the guys that played with him, like Tim Smith and um, mm-hmm. Ben Smith. Yeah. And, yeah, just said he's just an absolute freak, you know. Um it's just a bit unfortunate how he his yeah, career ended. Soon, yeah, yeah, but well, I, I've I've said if he didn't if he didn't follow the NFL thing, he, he'd probably be in the chat for an immortal because he keeps yeah, it straight and narrow and he stays incredible. Freak, yeah. yeah, yeah, he was playing awesome footy yeah. before he went out to the NFL. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and then he he went to the Gold Coast and probably well. didn't work out real Passed well, by, and then yeah. came to Parramatta and yeah, but, yeah oh, he would be up there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Uh, anything else you want to? Anything else you want to finish on, Trevor? Or uh, mate, back like, over Yeah, no, man. Like, got another beer. Shashi's uh, <laughs> uh, gone down like a treat, really smooth, because they can't complain. And uh, I've got the um, Kevin Hastings be stubby yep, holder. Yep, yep, great guy. And uh, yeah, Terry Lamb one for me here. Um, awesome. Uh, get your plugs in. Dan, yeah, where can we um where can oh, we okay. find your book? Where can we find your yeah, well, website? Anything, and media? anything I sell is just at um Dan's com. So you just go there and the book you just click on a picture there and straight to that. Yeah. Um but the book can be bought in quite a few other places, um, you know, different shops and uh Shell Harbors, Legal Legends, that's one and yeah, quite a lot of different places. But yeah, but it's yeah, just easy enough to get it from me. I'll and sign the, them. And a lot of your old articles are on your website as well. All the articles that I've written for Rugby League Review are on there. Yeah. Um, I have kept dodgy versions of the Foxtel Antiques Roadshow. Yeah, <laughs> like in there, I've got a publicity today. page. And, it's all good. Yeah. yeah. But I like to keep them because, um, yeah. That, that's awesome. Mm. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to finish on them before we uh, kick back? Or? No, I think, yeah, let's just kick back and have a beer. Excellent. Yeah, no, but uh, thanks for inviting us into Yeah, thanks the, for coming. Yeah. The Cumberland Oval. Yeah. Oh. I know where it is now. We found yeah, it. Where it and, is. Um, yeah, thanks for your hospitality. It's been unreal. Thanks for uh, having us here in your home and at the bar and showing us some of this stuff. And uh, we might do it again. We might do it again yeah. down the road. And make sure you sign and, um, Yeah, we'll be signing like tradition. Soon. Like we love tradition here, so yeah, we have to sign, we all sign the bar. And, uh, and we'll push out when there's some more fundraising stuff when you're back out and about. We'll get it pushed out through us as well. And yep. hopefully, it can be part of that. But um, other than that, thanks for joining us, Dan, and we'll um, yeah, we'll keep back now. Thanks, guys, for listening. Um, follow us on YouTube, Spotify, and uh, Facebook, everywhere else you can find good podcasts, and um, we'll be back again shortly. Just